G'day guys and girls and welcome back to a very special edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always I've got Matt on the other side of the desk in the studio. How you going bud? Not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. What we're going to do is we're doing a little bit of bonus content today. Mm. So we're big Keeper League fans here and uh, we know a lot of you out there are as well and you're probably coming up to about that time of year or you've just had your Keeper League top-up draft. Now, what we want to do is we want to run through some of the rookies from last year's draft, the, the AFL draft, of course, yes. um, who you would be looking as pick, at picking up as either some long-term prospect players or players that can slot right into your playing field at the moment. Um, the, uh, the tricky part of that, of course, is that some of them are ready to go and some of them are players that you will need to put aside and let them develop over the next few years. Some of them are project players. So, exactly. Um, but uh, we, we wanted to obviously focus on the top-up draft uh, mm. because from your if you're starting a Keeper League from scratch, realistically, you should treat it as you would do a normal redraft league but with maybe a bit more emphasis on youth. So yeah. obviously Tom Mitchell you still take first, but you know, you definitely go like a, a Zach Merritt second over a Dangerfield because Dangerfield is that little bit older than, yeah. than Zach yeah. Merritt is. So yeah. so some of those older guys would slide a little bit, but yeah. other than that, it is practically a, a redraft. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so hopefully what we're going to go through now is going to be helpful to you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't done your top-up draft yet, then by all means, feel free to use this list. It's just our opinion, so... We could be completely wrong. We don't think we are. We're, but, we're very likely completely wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, feel free to use our list to assist you. If you've mm-hmm. already done your top-up draft, there's a good chance that some of these guys will still be on your waiver wire. So yeah. maybe go grab them or just put them on your watch list and keep an eye on them for the first few rounds. Or... Exactly. Because the, uh, the, the big thing with this is while not all of these necessarily need to go in your draft this year, you need to keep an eye on them over this year into next year because we think eventually they are going to develop into great fantasy players. Yes. So we'll uh, we'll dive right in, and what we've found is we've uh, we've got the top fifteen as yes. we see it from last year's draft. Um, we'll go from uh, we'll go from fifteen and count down, shall we? Yep, that makes right. sense to me. So uh, we've actually <laughs> we've uh, we've gone away and made our own separate lists and compiled these together. So there were a couple of arguments. Um, what, nothing too fierce, but uh, so so, we're still friends. So yeah, that's yeah. positive to an extent. But uh, some Nando's was <laughs> was being thrown about. But um, we'll uh, so we we do have a little bit of a, a change of agreements in terms of some yeah. of these players. So at number fifteen, yeah. I'll let you do because I didn't have him in my list. Mm-hmm. Um, you did have him in yours. Yes, reasonably high. No, uh, to an extent. So I had him a couple of picks higher than uh, fifteen, but. For me, Oscar Allen, I've got at pick 15. Um, the reason for that being, and not a lot of people are actually considering Oscar Allen this year, I think that once he actually gets over his injuries, uh, he will actually pop right into West Coast's side because he's the sort of player they're looking for. He's a heart and soul player. He, he always puts in 100%. Good half forward who can lead up to the ground, take marks. He's a good kick on goal. But also, he actually has that big body that can play in the midfield. He's played... Waffle level un, uh, in the midfield. He, he had a game where he actually got 16 possessions, uh, six clearances, six tackles, um, kicked a goal as well, a few a uh, few handballs in there too. Um, he, he's just that great all-round player that the Eagles will look to develop into something. Um, I don't necessarily think that he will be draft. He should be drafted this year, but you need to keep an eye on him for the future because if he develops down that half-forward midfield role. Um, I, I just think that he could be something something very different for your team. Yes, but he's a project player at this stage. Absolutely, yeah. He's not one that's going to be playing this year. If you have a, a spare spot on your 
your bench, if you've got no injured players, that sort of thing, I don't mind you just sticking there, leaving him there and see how it goes over this year. But in, in all seriousness, you could probably leave him and pick him up towards the end of this year or even in next year's draft. And I'd probably only be stashing him if you've got a, a deep league. Very deep league. Very yeah. deep league. Yeah. Um, next one off the uh, the list, number 14, is one that we both like. Uh, yes. Zach Bailey. Yes. Zach yeah. Bailey from Brisbane. From Brisbane. Actually, we should have said, did you say Alan Eagles? I said that many times. <laughs> <laughs> Not paying attention. If a player is from the, <laughs> from the Eagles, I will mention it. Many, many times. So, Zach Bailey, midfielder from Brisbane. Um, what can I say about him? Well, he's, he's a young midfielder, but he has that ability to really impact the contest. And as a result of that, I think he'll be playing more as a high half forward for most of his career. Yeah, so I think he's got good speed. He looks like he's got good footy IQ because the couple of preseason games that I saw him play, including the AFLX, yeah. <laughs> um, he looked like he knew where to go to get the ball. Yeah. Uh, and he looked like he was composed. He knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's not going to be playing this year. I no. he might play a couple of games this year. So he'll play a few, yeah. but he, you're not picking him for this year. No, you're not picking him and saying right, he can go straight onto my field. But if you are going for Zach Bailey, you're picking him. You're putting him in that last spot on your team, and you're saying I'm going to let this kid develop and see what he can do. Or if not, you're keeping a very close eye on the waiver-wise because if he plays a game and he's particularly good, someone else there will pick him up. So the question mark about him, though, is does he accumulate enough of the ball? Mm. It's it's tough to say. In the under-18s, he averaged 17.3 disposals mm-hmm. a game across four games. In the Sandful under-18s, mm-hmm. he averaged 26.7. So, so that's um, pretty good. There's a massive difference. And he actually didn't play many games at all no. before. So I think it was only about... Seven, I think. Yeah, six or seven actual games of uh, a proper, you know, either Sandful footy or was it TNC mm-hmm. Cup, sorry? Um, Sandful and under-18s. And, under and, and the under-18s comp, yeah. So um, he only played a few different games of AFL before he was considered for draft selection. So he's got something special about him. Yeah, uh, we both like him. Yeah, keep an eye on him because I think he's going to be a forward um, going ahead into his career. Um, and that's there's a lot of value to be had for someone that will be a forward. Absolutely. Um, number 13 is one that you had very high and I had a little bit further down. Um, yes. James Warple. Yes, now... He's, he's a really good young uh, midfield accumulator from Hawthorne. Mm. He's that uncontested style of play, but he does get in and under a, a certain amount. He's a, he is a very... Um, oh, he, um, yeah, he he's, was rated as one of the best young inside midfielders going into the under-18s mm. comp, but he underperformed a little bit, mm. which I think is why he slid to Hawthorne's draft picks. Mm. But, um, yeah, he can accumulate it. He's got a lot of ability. I think he's got a lot of opportunity in the mm. Hawthorne team. Um, but it's just... I mean, you said to me earlier, you're not quite sure of his ceiling. Yeah, that's the worry for me. He doesn't have a particularly high ceiling. I mean, he's averaged 24 disposals, I'm pretty sure, at TAC Cup level or at uh, at under-18s level. 21 at TAC Cup and 20 at under-18s. Oh, there he goes, 20. So it's, it's not a particularly high ceiling for me if he's just a midfielder. But he's got that... He is a... Uh, if he actually gets game time this year, mm. he's got a chance to actually score half decently. Having said that, at the under-18 championships, he did average 92 AFL fantasy mm. points a game. He's, he's got some game about him, but at the same point, I'd just be worried about the upper level of his ceiling. So for his career... Well, and he is playing with Tom Mitchell. Yeah, that's the other thing. So Tom Mitchell, Liam Shields, um, you know... Uh, O'Meara, O'Meara, if he can lift his game. Exactly. Those are guys that are going to be taking away a fair few points from him. 
um, Tom Mitchell in particular, <laughs> obviously. Yes. Um, uh, next on the list, we have uh, a guy that you were really, really high on. I didn't have him on my list initially, but you talked me around. Um, yes. Lockie O'Brien from Carlton. One word. Gaff. Yeah, Andrew Gaff. And you, you, you won me over with that, not just because you mentioned a West Coast player, <laughs> but because it, it does make sense. This guy's thing is running. Mm-hmm. He's an elite runner, and he was one of the best kicks in last year's draft mm-hmm. class. You combine those together, you get Andrew Gaff. Yeah. And as we spoke in the earlier podcast for this week, um, we think that Carlton's going to be one of those fantasy teams for the next few years. Mm-hmm. So they're going to build, they're going to be good fantasy scorers. I see this guy running up and down the wing getting plus sixes all day. Yeah. At, at some point in his career, again. Mm-hmm. So this guy is yes. a real prospect player. He is not a plug-and-play player. And I, I don't... You, you're obviously very big on him. I wasn't, but you have talked to me around. <laughs> so that means that there might be someone else like you in your own league out there that is actually a big fan of this guy and might go and pick him up or just, you know, see him play one game for Colton and leave him on their list. Yeah. And look, I should point out he's only listed at 78 kilos mm. at this point, so he does have a bit of filling out to do. He's mm. slightly built, so he's not going to play a lot this year. Mm. Um, and if he does, he's probably not going to score well because he is going to get pushed around a bit. Yeah, I think from memory he did play a little bit of halfback last year mm-hmm. in his under-18 year, so it wouldn't surprise me if they start him at the, on a halfback flank at some point. Mm. So we'll, um, we'll, uh, we'll move on to, uh, to pick 11. Now, this is where it starts to get really interesting for me, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. because... Uh, you know, some of those other guys we're a little bit iffy about, but and they're, they're probably very likely to be on your waiver wires. But from this point on, you start to get very serious, and players like this will probably be picked up. Um, Lockie Fogarty is number 11 for us. Now, this kid can rack up the ball. He is a an in-and-under midfielder. He's tough. Um, he might even get forward status at some stage in his career because he has played high half forward. Um, he's got the, the makings of a really good fantasy footballer about him. Um, is and a tackling machine. Yeah, he averaged nine point seven tackles in his underage year. He is nine point seven tackles as an average. He would be rated so much higher in this list if he wasn't playing for Geelong, yes. who are midfield stocked. They have plenty of them. I mean, they even picked up Charlie Constable, who is a player that hasn't spoiler alert made our <laughs> list, but he has a good fantasy game about him in terms of being a big bodied in an under midfielder too. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's hard to see him getting a game or too many consistent games in the next three to four years even. But this, So he is a stash. Yes. But at some point, he's going to be a gun. Keep an eye on him because if he gets a couple of games this year, um, you may as well, and he performs well, you may as well pick him up off the waiver wire, um, stash him on your team because if, you know, you keep him at next year, at the start of the year, he's looking more like a lock for best 22. You don't want to go into your draft with him still available and someone else snatch him from you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so just keep an eye on him this year. But this guy is going to be fantasy gold in a few years' time. Um, next up, number 10. Uh, simple one for us because same name, Darcy Fogarty. Yep. Um, yeah, so this guy I had, I think, just a teeny bit higher than you. And you yeah. had just a teeny bit lower, but it was pretty yeah, similar. I think I had him about... Uh, yeah, a little bit lower. Yeah, I think you had him about 11, I had him about 8, and we stuck on 10. Yeah. Um, I, I just like this kid because I think he's a really, really powerful player. I think he's someone that they're going to build their forward line around after, you know, Tech starts to get a fair bit older, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, Jenkins uh, is older Jen- than you think. Yeah, Jenkins is older than you think, and Tom Lynch isn't exactly a, a young lad. He's probably older than you think as well. Yeah, so um, 
we've uh, he's that next line of uh, forward. Yep. Uh, and I think that he's just got that mat- that huge bulk about him. He's got uh, an ability to kick goals that you like. It's almost mercurial the way that he kicks he's goals. He's a X factor. Yeah. Um, booming kick. The worry about him is what is his ceiling? So is he going yes. to be that second uh, forward? Because he's not your number one forward in a team. No. And he's just going average maybe 80 for his career, maybe even 75, something like that. Uh, or is he going to be able to push up and, and get those almost Lance Franklin-like numbers? And to be honest, that was the major disagreement we mm-hmm. had with picking... He, this is probably the guy we had the most difficulty figuring out where to put him. And it's purely on that question of what is he going to score. Yeah. We both like him as a player. You probably like him a bit more than me as a fantasy player. Mm. Um, but in his favour, he's going to be dual position a lot of his career. Yeah. Forward mid, I reckon. He'll have a lot of minutes through the midfield once he builds his tank up, but that will take a long time. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I, I, I'm just a big fan of him. I mean, you saw what he did in the first couple of quarters on the weekend, and yeah. he was excellent. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't mind getting involved. No, he does not. Um, we'll move on to number nine. So uh, from Darcy Fogarty, we then have Jaden Stevenson. So this guy is literally X-Factor galore. So I don't know what Jaden Stevenson will become. He's He's gotten great fantasy scores in some of his under-18 cup games. Yeah. Um, and he's also gone missing in some of those games too. Um, and the other downside for him is he plays for Collingwood. That's both a, a, bit of a bit of a double-edged sword, that yeah. one. Upside and downside. Fantasy-friendly team on one hand, but a lot of similar players on the other. Um, and we've said this before, if there's one other player in the competition who could vaguely, you could say, you could compare Jaden Stevenson to in terms of playing style, it's Will Hoskin-Elliott, who's on the same team. Yeah. And established in yeah. that best 22. Yeah. So Having said that, I think Jaden Stevenson will be better. Yes, I think in the long run he will be better than Will Hoskin Elliott, but you know, does he get enough of a chance to show it in the next two to four years? Yeah. For me, it's a very similar question to Darcy Fogarty. Is he going to get enough ball? Mm. And that comes down to his role. Yep. Because he's played both forward and inside mid last year, under mm-hmm. 18. If he plays predominantly forward, I don't know he gets enough of it. If they transition him into the midfield at some point, mm-hmm. I think he will get a lot of the ball. The only question is their midfield is stacked, so can... At what point will that happen? And for me, he has to be taken in your draft this year. Stick him on your bench. You should, at some stage in your draft this year, even if it's with your last or second last pick, stash him. someone needs to stash this kid because he is going to be good. It's just when he can start to deliver. Agreed. Um, next up, we have, uh, and we both sort of had this guy around about the same level as well. We have mm. Adam Chera, the uh, the second Frio pick, the, uh, yes. the other early pick in the draft. Um, this guy has a fantasy game about him. Um, the only issue for me is where his ceiling is because I'm not quite sure. He, he reminds me of uh, more of an impact player in terms of midfielder. He's not like, um, uh, you know, your accumulators. Yeah, but, but he has he, gotten half-decent numbers he in can under get 18. The ball at um, under-18 TAC Cup, average 26 points <coughs> per session. So that's, that's good. He can win the ball. Mm. For me, the issue is durability. Yeah. The last two years, he's had season-ending injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's before he's hit the, the real crash and bash of AFL footy. So, well, what's his injury at the moment? Is it? I think it's ankle. Uh, um, it was an emergency for the um, derby on the weekend. Oh, that's so good. That's good. I think he's gotten over his immediate injuries. Yep. but he's a little bit behind everyone else. So, yeah, I think uh, for me, Adam Chera just slipped slightly down the list because a lot of the other guys we're about to mention are going to be fancy stars. But yep. don't get me wrong; that doesn't mean this guy isn't going to be very good. I, 
he's only down here because there are question marks about him. Exactly. But the talent is there. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, he's another one that should be taken in your draft this year, uh, in your, your keeper top-up draft. Um, next up, number seven, and this guy is fantasy goal, but it's the team. It's the team that's letting him down for me. Jack Higgins. Yes. Um, if this guy was actually drafted by almost any other team in the competition, maybe with the exception of Richmond. Um, he was drafted by Richmond? Sorry, with the North with, Melbourne? No, with the exception of um, Geelong. Apologies. Yep. Um, he would be playing from round one, I would oh, suggest. Yes, he would be, yeah. This guy is a fantasy bull. He gets in and under, he tackles, he wins his own possessions. He can play in the forward lines as a small forward, and he's really crafty. He's not fast, but he just mm. has that ability. He's got that footy smart. He knows yeah. footy. Yeah, exactly. So um, he's and he's he's got a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of grunt about him, you know. Yeah, um, he's a tough little nugget. Yeah, hard edged. So he, I, he averaged 120 AFL fantasy points in under 18 last year. He was by far the highest averager. So uh, the only reason that he's pushed down to seven is, like I just mentioned, he's playing for Richmond, who have an awful lot of this kind of player. Yeah, uh, they aren't quite at his level, but they are older and they are more established. So they will be ahead of him in the best 22. Richmond isn't always the most fantasy-friendly team. No. Their game style doesn't always support fantasy scores. We, we'd say that all the time, and it's, it's really tricky with Richmond to pin down who's going to be the highest scorer. I mean, obviously you've got Dusty Martin, who is the exemption to that rule, but even Trent Cochin has real up-and-down games fantasy-wise. Yeah. Um, last year, towards the end of the year, he was better, but that's the longest stretch that I can remember that he's gone on fantasy-wise. I think he will improve. It's just... Jack, yeah, so yeah. Jack Higgins, uh, for me, it, he needs to be taken in your draft. This All of these guys from beyond this point need to be taken at some stage, Yeah, but you can probably wait on this guy a little bit longer. You don't need to take him in the first few rounds. Probably not. Yeah. Um, we've got a number six up next, and this is a guy that I'm huge on. We actually had him at the exact same pick, number six. Yep. Uh, Hunter Clark. Yes. He's uh, massive fans, both of us. His numbers are great at underage level, but also he, it's just the way he goes about it. You know, he he hunt, he actually does hunt his own ball. Yeah, um, he's in and under. He's played at halfback as well during his career, so he's got a little bit more versatility about him. Hmm. Um, and which a lot of teams like exactly. Yeah. So um, and he's he's playing for the Saints, which can be a fantasy friendly side, but again. He's playing for the Saints, which do also have quite a lot of these young midfielders coming yeah, through. So his job security is not great at the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he'll play a lot this year. And if he does, it'll probably be a half-forward role, so he's not going to score overly well. Mm-hmm. But as you said, in underage um, footy, he was a, a beast. And um, Tack Cuppy played 13 games and mm-hmm. averaged almost 27 possessions. Yes, and... Averaged six and a half tackles a game. That's fantastic. It's that's that even stat line that we talk about always. I think he's got a pretty good kick to handball ratio as well from memory in those games. Reasonable, yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, load up on Hunter Clark. I don't mind taking a punt on him in the early, uh, maybe third rounds, late yep. second round, somewhere around about there. Yep. He, he, but he is a stash again. Exactly. Um, next up on the list, we have uh, one of the top ten draft picks. So we probably should point out. Oh, yeah. So we're going to number five now. Mm-hmm. There is a clear tier gap here. Yes. So these next five are a level above everyone else, Mm -hmm. both in terms of playing and fantasy Mm -hmm. at this stage, we feel. I I agree. Um, And to be honest, a lot of them can probably be interchanged. This is our personal 
ranking. Yeah. But you could interchange any of these five with each mm. other quite easily. Well, we, we had some big differences in terms, except for one player, we had mm. some big differences in terms of uh, where these players should be shuffled. And we came to a begrudging agreement, <laughs> but I think there was still a fair bit of movement there that we could do. Um, so number five, we've got Paddy Dow. And Paddy Dow, we, he's already shown in the JLT, he's got something special about him. He's, um, uh, he, you know, he's one of those players that can just get something done for the team. He can break out of the pack. He can win that clearance just like he did where he kicked it on the chest to uh, a leading Paddy Cripps. He can, uh, he can score goals himself, so he can play up forward that little bit. But he is a born midfielder. So yeah, he averaged 26 disposals um, in the Tech Cup last year. Yeah, he's, he's going to be something, something extra. And uh, Colin have done very well to pick him up where they did. Um, and they had their eye on him for a reason all before the draft last year. And once again, Colton is going to be a fantasy-friendly team, mm-hmm. we feel, in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Murphy's getting older. Bryce Gibbs has left. They need gun midfielders through the middle, and we think Dow is going to be that guy. Yeah, exactly. So um, I have no issue taking him earlier. I, I think he's he could easily be a top-10 draft pick in your uh, keeper league top-up. Uh, but, you know... If he slides to 11 or 12, somewhere around about that, he's a, he's a steal, grab him when you can. Um, so uh, next up on the list, uh, this is a guy we had at the exact same spot here, so there wasn't too much argument. Uh, Nick Caulfield. Love him. I absolutely love this guy. I mean, I, I'm biased. I picked him up in our keeper league. I'm, I'm incredibly <laughs> happy. Sniped me. I, I did snipe you, mate. I sniped you good. So that, that just goes to show both rating very high. Exactly. So um, this guy just looks composed. Uh Weirdly enough, he, everyone knows him as a defender now, but the player that he was compared to for his whole under-18 career was Scott Pendlebury. Uh, the reason for that is he just has composure about him. He, is, he looks like he has that extra little bit of time when he has the ball in hand, um, uh, which means and his disposal is actually is very He's good. good. He so, distributes it really well. Uh, and for, you know, except in these top four, maybe top five players, I reckon Nick Caulfield is the one who may play almost the most games for the year. Yeah. So he's going to come yeah, in. Possibly. Yeah, he's, it, it's tough. I mean, in no, this, I'm not 100% sold on that this year. I mm. think with because he's at the Saints, they've got Robson, they've got Savage, they've probably got a couple other guys. Yeah, I can, Webster. Um, yeah, I can see him losing his spot, but moving forward, I think he's going to be one of their first picked. Yeah, and uh, the fact that he's you know being compared to Scotty Pendlebury means there's a chance for a midfield switch at some stage, which Absolutely. means extra points in his career. So I have no issue taking him even as early as uh, you know well, maybe the top five picks. To be honest, yeah. no no issue with that at all. Um, next up, we've got uh, the actually the top pick from last year's draft, Cam Rayner. He slipped to third. The reason he slipped to third for us is there's a little bit of a question mark about him in terms of. We've heard some. I've heard some rumours about uh, degenerative knee injury or some knee issues in the past. Oh, okay. um, those are just rumours, though. I don't want to spread that like wildfire. Um, <laughs> but the main reason for me is I'm just not 100% sure what he's going to be yet. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much exactly it for me as well. Yeah. He could easily be. I mean, again, I, I'm not a huge fan of player comparisons, but this one is pretty apt. The Dusty Martin comparison. Yeah. Dusty Martin started in the forward line, slowly moved into more of a midfield capability, and then he came back to being a, a midfielder slash forward. Took him a long time to build his <laughs> tank. I suspect it will be the same for Rayner. That's mm-hmm. that was his big um, negative, I guess, during yeah. in the lead up to the draft last year was his tank wasn't AFL standard. 
And you could see that in the JLT games, mm. he was cooked after the first quarter. Exactly. But, I mean, he got 10 tackles in the JLT games. You know he's going to give his all. He's classy. He scores goals. And the big thing for me is I think he's going to be a forward throughout most of his career, if not almost all of it. I agree. Yeah. So, so a lot of upside. Um, I guess the next two picks we felt were probably just safer ones. Safer. And also, I just, uh, yeah, in terms of... What we've seen so far um, against AFL bodies in the JLT, we just feel that they're, you know, uh, a little bit better. Um, just only a little bit, though. Like, these these top five, like I said, they're in this one bracket for a reason. Yep. So, um, number two. Number two. Uh, and uh, this one was... It was hard for me. I actually had this guy rated at number one. You had him rated a fair bit lower. I had him at number five. Number five. So, I'm not as sold as I am. As you are. But you know my love for Luke Davies Uniaki is I strong. Do. It is strong. And there is a reason for that. This guy, there's been a lot of hype about him before the JLT because for salary cap, he's that big body player. He's ready to go. And everyone was saying, right, he's the player you have to have in salary cap. The worry for me is people are going to jump off of him in keeper leagues a little bit more because he hasn't performed in the JLT and they were basing that on his ready-made body. Yes. But... That's not why I like him so much. The reason why I like him so much is because he does everything. He wins clearances, he takes marks, he kicks goals. Um, he's a he's a centre bounce midfielder essentially, but he could turn into something like a Patrick Cripps style player. You know, he's that uh, that taller um, current AFL midfielder that everyone wants. That prototype midfielder. Yeah. Um, and for me, playing with North Melbourne, he's going to be playing a lot. I mean, even with un- underperforming in the JLT, he's going to get an early start to the AFL. And while I know that's difficult for probably the first couple of years, I think that will speed up his development. Yeah, I, I guess for me, the main detraction was two things. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the team he's playing for. So North Melbourne yeah. are not the most fantasy-friendly team going around. True. Um, and the other thing is, Yes, he's physically ready to play AFL now, mm-hmm. which is why everyone was, in his underage year, he was so dominant. Yeah. So how much more upside is there for him at this stage? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I just, I'm not sold that he's going to be the pick of this particular draft. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, he is an accumulator. He does do everything, like you said. He, he had high averages for tackles, for marks, and for possessions in his underage year. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, as I said, how much of that was because he was able to bully other bodies. You're worried about the improvement, basically. What, yes. what, what level can he improve to now? I think he can improve to another level as he builds because he's only going to get bigger and stronger as he builds an AFL body. Um, That's true. And the big thing for me is, and it's the same with the next guy on the list, that equal stat line. So he does everything. Um, the marks are a big one because he does actually take contested marks too, which not a lot of midfielders out there do. That is true. So um, for me, I'm, I'm a big fan of this guy. I have no issue going him in the top five. I mean, I mean, even if I was redoing the draft and I had picked three or four, something like that, I would have no issue taking it. Maybe even pick two. I'd have no mm. issue taking Luke Davies Uniaki. Fair enough. Um, so number one pick, you probably all guessed number yeah. one. You probably all guessed it by now. We haven't mentioned him, so we have to. Andrew Brayshaw. Yep. Safest, vanillaous pick. Yeah, not the most interesting number one pick, but um, I had him at number one. I think you had him at number three. Yep, something around about that. Um, and it's, as you said, it's just safe. Yeah. He does everything. Mm-hmm. He's going to get opportunity. He is an accumulator. <coughs> um, he marks, he tackles, 
He gets um, the ball. Exactly. He, he finds space as well, which is really good for an inside midfield. And a lot of uh, young inside mids can do that. They're very uh, one-sided in yes. the way that they play. If you're an inside midfielder, you stick around the clearance and you, uh, you stay there, essentially. You get the handball out and you can't really spread. Or if you're an outside midfielder, you're not in and under and you're just running around the wings trying to get that extra uncontested possession. Andrew Brayshaw does both. Yeah, he does. And he's composed. When yeah. he gets the ball, he knows what to do with it. Frio aren't historically the most fantasy-friendly team going around, mm-hmm. but their midfield is. Yeah. And he's going to be a key plank of that midfield moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, And again, I have, with this guy, with the pick, I have no issue taking him in the top three either for your keeper top-up draft. If he slips down to you, and I know he slipped to you, for an example, in our top-up draft. Amazingly. What, what are you getting at, 12? Uh, pick 11. Pick 11. That is a big slide for me. You're going to reap the benefits for that in years to come. Because <laughs> he, is, he is just your midfielder who I think, at the very least, going forward into his career, he will average you 104, 105, something around about that. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Brayshaw name carries with it risks about you know concussions, but that's not a... a a familial thing. That's that Exactly. It's just a. Although he does play very similar to Angus Brayshaw in the, that tough style. That's so, true. But you can't plan for that. Don't don't get thrown off by that. Um, no. Andrew Brayshaw is going to be a terrific player. Uh, so that is our rankings. So we, very quickly. Yeah. Um, number fifteen. Mm-hmm. Oscar Allen. Oscar Allen. Fourteen. Zach Bailey. Yep. Thirteen. James Warple. Twelve. Uh, Lockie O'Brien Future Andrew Gaff Future Andrew Gaff mm-hmm. 11 Lockie Fogarty Midfield Fogarty 10 Darcy Fogarty Forward Fogarty Don't mistake him No Very don't, different don't do players that. Don't do that Not related either <laughs> That's true 9 Jaden Stevenson The Heartbreak Kid 8 uh, Not sure his first name Chera Adam Adam Chera Adam Chera, <laughs> Adam Chera. <laughs> I should know that He plays for my team um, 7 Jack Higgins yeah. 6 Hunter Clark mm. And then with the next tier up, that top tier, number five, Paddy Dow. Paddy Dow, great player. Number four, um, Nick Caulfield. That's the Ch- one. Absolute champion. Nick Caulfield. Number three, Cam Rayner. Mm-hmm. Number two, Luke Davies Uniac. Mm-hmm. And number one, Andrew Brayshaw. Andrew Brayshaw. Well, we hope that helps everyone, whether you're going into your drafts or even if you've finished your draft and you just want to gloat a little bit you know you can take this to your mates and say look these guys have ranked my pick higher than yours these completely unqualified dudes on the internet (laughs) thought that I picked well (laughs) well hopefully that helps everyone out and good luck if you are going into your draft hope you get the picks that you want and we'll catch you all next week Monday night we'll be recording the pod so send through any questions you have on Twitter and as always jump on iTunes and give us a rating on iTunes